It is Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tyler. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm new here, damn it. Some guy broke into our house, and uh, he's going to comment on wrestling, too, because he watched it. I've got correct shit to say. We'll yeah, see. We'll, 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 we'll decide see. that. So we're going to be doing a review of AEW's Blood and Guts from May 5th, 2021. And let's paint the people a picture. Well, first, they opened up with a parental discretion sign, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. Oh, yeah. It was like I was buying rap albums at the mall back in the 90s. <laughs> what a cool joke. Yeah. It's like it's you've never heard good, it before. It's such a good joke. I'd like to hear it multiple times. <laughs> I can accommodate you. <laughs> All right. So we start the show, and they already have the two rings set up because later we're having Blood and Guts, which is pretty much war games. And I guess we'll get into how that works later before the match. Yeah, we get. But we start out the show with Kenny and Nakazawa versus Moxley and Kingston. So Nock and Callus come out, and Callus informs everyone that Kenny's not going to be making it. But we've got one of the greats of Japanese wrestling to uh, wrestle the match on his own. Yeah, Nakazawa is about to shit himself because he has a handicap match now against Mox and Kingston. And then we had Mox and Kingston come out second again. Like, why is Mox looking like the real champ again? I feel like Mox actually is the champ. Yeah. I feel like. They think that Moxley has more star power, so they still book him kind of like he's champ. Yeah. But, yeah, the champ should always come out second. But they're making their way to the ring. Kenny attacks him from behind. Bludgeons him with the belt. And then we just have Kingston getting his ass beat by both Kenny and Nakazawa. Mox gets back in the ring. Uh, it, it moves to the floor. Um, some nice hot barricade action. Mm. And uh, then it goes back in the <laughs> ring. Don't you kind of wish when Don Callis said that Kenny wasn't there, he just fucking wasn't? <laughs> and then it started off and it was just like, oh. Nobody would see that but coming. But they said, didn't they, that he was in the building. Yeah, commentary kept so saying like, he's there. So like whenever Don Callis says anything, there's that whole thing. It's like, he's a goddamn liar, basically, because yeah. he's always fucking talking shit. Oh yeah, now that you say it, I feel like it would have been really funny if like commentary was like selling that Kenny actually wasn't coming. Yeah, so I've been like, oh, that's sad. And then like yeah. when he comes out, and he starts belt beating. It's like, all right, here we go. Fuckery from the start. Kenny's a dickhead. Yeah, that I see what you're thing. saying. Yeah, you actually got a good point. I didn't think about that, but yeah, it would have been way funnier if you Oops. actually thought Kenny wasn't coming. We didn't hire you on for a guest spot to have a good point. <laughs> you're you, overshadowing him already. You fucking <laughs> child. Big time in you, bud. Big time in. Don't you fucking big time me. So. Nakazawa low blows Kingston at one point. He's choking him with his lanyard because he's out there in his fucking khakis and lanyard gear. Did he have the laptop this time? I don't know. I think he, he did. I think he had it when he walked out and then he, it like fucked off when he got in the ring. Oh, okay. So it was there at one point. And Kenny and Nakazawa are pretty much doing whatever they want because they say the ref is intimidated by Kenny. And uh, there's a near fall and Mox hits a pile driver on Nakazawa. And then he starts choking Nakazawa to death and telling Kenny, come save your bud. <laughs> but what does Kenny do? He walks off and leaves Nakazawa in the ring to die. Like doesn't, Nakazawa, <laughs> doesn't Nakazawa have an instance where he almost tries to like Hulk up or something? 
I don't know. I don't remember that. I, I think there is a moment where he kind of like, he goes do? like, oh, yeah. Like yeah, he's like, I'm trying to beat ass. Trying like to beat ass time. Beat ass time. I don't know if that worked out. It didn't. Mm. I don't think that worked out for him. Because he got a mud hole stomped into him. <laughs> he he should have brought the oil. <laughs> yeah, what happened to Nakazawa's oil? Now that he wears khakis, he doesn't bring his body oil out anymore? <laughs> what happened to that, Nakazawa? That was your whole thing. So... He was oil over. Oil over? You know, as opposed to, like, theme song over or... <laughs> you know what fuck the law this is correct opinions on wrestling what the fuck are you rambling about I don't know what are you on about the match so, oh. so okay match? fucking Kingston and Moxley hit a combo suplex clothesline to pin Nakazawa they win but who should wander out wearing Hawaiian shirts in I kid you not puka shells Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels? No, it was the Young Bucks. Uh, Why do you keep saying they're them? Because they are just really Why can't going you just let that? the Young Bucks have fun? Because. They're, they're just trying to have some fun. They can have some fun, and I can have fun making fun of them. When they took off the fair. white loafer, I was a little bit sold. <laughs> when said, Matt <laughs> took it off and was hitting them with it? Yeah, like if you're going to peel off a loafer and start doing some slapping <laughs> bullshit, and then he gives them a naked foot to the face. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh, right. nasty. now they're stealing the the shoe slapping from Proud and Powerful. God damn. Yeah. And Taking then, all the good bits. not only do we get the Young Bucks, the Chiz brothers come out, and JR <laughs> says, I thought we were done with these guys. <laughs> so it, it, <laughs> it's mean, a shoot, brother. A little bit. So it becomes a four on two beating, and. Uh, Kenny and Brandon come out. Oh, that was my favorite part. What, Brandon? Yeah, when Cutler comes out with that little mask and the camera and all that stuff. Yeah. Look at Cutler I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, I was thinking, I was like, are they uploading this and watching this shit later? What's I guess. What's the whole filming thing? Look at Cutler the getting on movies. Dynamite. Look at him. I love that. Yeah. He's on there as the young boy. So they come out, and then Kenny does the one-winged angel. I want to ask on though, isn't, isn't young boy? Isn't that like kind of you know copyright infringement? Shouldn't it be like little man or something? Copyright like that? infringement on New, New Japan? Japan? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That was a joke. I guess it wasn't very funny. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you're fucking dying out here. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you just made that about yourself. I did. Trying to save the bit. <laughs> oh, shit. So, then we get an announcement that Sheeta will be defending the Women's Championship against Britt Baker at double or nothing at the end of the month. That's My time. prediction, mm. Britt Baker wins. Please let her win. She has it's time. To. I think, how she long has, has she had to. that belt? She's the longest running. She's got the longest running reign in history for any championship. Yeah, no lie. Like in I mean, been a year. I think they should take it off of her too. I think yeah. it's Britt Baker's time to be the the real like star and champion of that. It belt. definitely is. She is. She really is the star of the women's division. So it's time she has the belt too. Did you know she's a dentist? Click <laughs> that button where he says you suck again. Hit the button. <laughs> Fucking thing sucks. All right. So we get our second match of the night. We have the Nightmare Factory versus. The factory. You know, I got to do it again. Why? Fucking thing sucks. Because that's about my feelings on this match. All I, right. You've hit my, your limit on that button, uh, too. No, there's that's only it. a limit for the nanny button. No. 
who cares about this? That's my main takeaway. That's my I'm main note. Either. Who cares about this shit? Yeah. I'm not buying QT as a tough guy. I feel like the match had good wrestling, but I'm so uninvested in the story. In anyone. Anyone. I wasn't yeah. into it until I saw a QT ass. <laughs> and then I couldn't look away. They got into a 69-a-thon. <laughs> They did. They got into a 69-a-thon that ended up with Cody covered in blood. I was like... <laughs> well, when you put it that like that, that's like, that sounds like the match of the night when you describe it like that. So, like, I was so confused when Cody is bleeding after their 69-a-thon. I was like, how the fuck did this happen? Yeah, I actually don't know how he cut himself. He was like, it's blood. We don't want to know. I have the blood on me. Something sharp. Something sharp when QT's uh, little pants... Uh. His ding dong. <laughs> and basically, Cody had to have a match tonight because Cody's father invented war games. So, of course, he had to be on the show. And he had to bleed. No matter what, he okay. had to bleed tonight. That just had it to happen. It was him living the, the title. Yeah. You know what I mean? This was a nothing yeah. of a fucking match. So let me paint a picture about it. Do we have to? QT comes out with Solo and Camarado and a go-go. Cody comes out with Arn. So. Oh, God. I just remembered some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So early on in the match, Cody whips off his belt because he wants to take QT to the woodshed. But the ref takes it off him. QT's got his own belt. QT hits Cody with his belt. Did and QT's then... belt, did anyone catch it? Did it say Cody Killer on it? I think it does. It did. Yeah, yeah, I think I've sh- I've seen him show that off before. Uh, and and we we talked about this during mm-hmm. the match actually. It's like his whole thing is he's sick of being defined by Cody. Yeah. <laughs> he's got actual fucking ring gear that he had to you know supposedly have made for him. Yeah. yeah. With the boy's name on it. So he wears the belt with his name on it. He goes from the Nightmare Factory to the factory. <laughs> and he steals his finisher. He does the crossroads. Dude ran out of steam there. (laughs) Couldn't think of any ideas. (laughs) He's like, I don't want to be Cody's boy, but maybe he just wants to be Cody. Kind of like how Cody just wants to be Triple H, circa 2002. (laughs) So, at one point, QT's out on the side, and he slaps Arn. Wait, I have to make a bet. I have to make a bet. I'm betting that's going to be a fucking Cody promo. About point. how QT wants to be him. Yeah. Mm. I feel like that's a safe bet. That's definitely a safe bet. So Orn attacks him. He gets ejected from ringside. And through a lot of this match, QT is getting all the offense. I don't know if you guys noticed, but QT was beating Cody's ass I for like 80% of the match. You know what's weird? He's beating his ass the whole time, and then he goes outside of the ring, and then Orn's mm-hmm. old ass. <laughs> Takes over, shoves his face into that post, like mm-hmm. his ear, and like grinds his ear. I'm like, wait, so we're supposed to believe that QT is just letting this old man grind his ear without trying to beat his ass? Like he I just guess like we are. he overpowered him. Like I really have a problem with AEW's old people beating ass all the time. Saying <laughs> like they you know, fucking you slow can't down. beat these old men. Mm, grandpa can. can still go. Seriously, like Arn's out there fucking manhandling QT's ear up against a post. Yeah, but he's beating Cody's ass, like, the entire match. Yeah, it's... By the laws of transitive property, I just don't... That means... Arn can beat Cody's ass. Oh, now that's the match that's I'm match. waiting for. At one point at ringside, Red Velvet is in the crowd, and she holds QT's arms back while Cody hits 
him. I don't um, know if that was on the show or if it was during commercial break. So Brandy couldn't be there, so her understudy had to be in the Cody <laughs> damn, match. Damn, are you always going to burn her with that? <laughs> Absolutely. God damn. Yeah, so as we said at the beginning, QT has his ass exposed. Nice. Which <laughs> some people are more into that than others. More like blood and butts. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Stop the fucking train. I went off. You knew it was going to happen. <laughs> So there's a near fall when Cody does a moonsault on QT, and then there's a near fall for QT when he does a crossroads. But then we get into something very interesting. One of them gets put into a pile driver, and the other one bends back and counters it. (laughs) So it's kind of like a mix between an inchworm and people 69ing for about 30 (laughs) seconds. There's a real theme on this show. (laughs) I mean, it's impressive. Yeah, physically demanding. Physically impressive, but also horrifying and nightmarish to see. <laughs> Especially when a motherfucker comes out. Are talking about Jade Cargill in the ring? <laughs> oh my god, this has nothing to do with her. <laughs> yeah, but like, how did Cody come from this fucking 69th-on? How did he come up bleeding? That's <laughs> really the question of the night here. Pretty weird. They tried to gimmick uh, QT's dong and they messed it up. So. <laughs> oh my god, no. So, Cody hits a crossroads. His finisher. QT kicks out of his finisher. What the hell happened to the crossroads? Is that not his finisher anymore? Because then after that, he puts him in the figure four for the win. So is the figure four his protected finisher? It's is that just like his favorite move to do to QT? Because he did it on top of a fucking bus. <laughs> I, I still want an explanation for that too. Like why you would do a submission hold on top of a bus. No but... one went off the fucking bus. <laughs> I know. I know. But there it is again this week in Blood and Guts. Oh dear. Yep. Hang on. Hold mm-hmm. that shit. We're we'll, getting we'll to get it. We'll get to that. So the match is over. Cody hey. wins. And who should stroll in? But the Anthony- one punch man. <laughs> Anthony Agogo. <laughs> Who, to this day, I still don't know, can he wrestle? We're going to find out next week. Wait, he has a match next he week? He has a match next week. I don't know who it's against. but Yeah, but he had a match week. before and he just punched. Yeah, that's true. That was it. Uh. So he goes in, he punches Cody, and lays a Union Jack down on him. Ho, ho, ho. And you know, that's, that's... I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. So I mean, like, this just, it happened. I don't know what to tell anyone. Is this going to lead to a fucking thing where... Someone, probably Cody, goes out for a match and wears a shirt and has like a fucking vest on underneath. So he punches and <laughs> it's in your oh, like, like a Kevlar vest. Yeah. Is that where this is headed? It fucking better not, because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. All right, well, Are you sure? Well, fuck it. That's my bet. That's my bet. Honestly, I don't know I'd, about that bet. I'd laugh my ass off if that was real. Mm-hmm. God. I was thinking you were going to say Cody was going to go out in like an American flag shirt and it was going to be like, oh, America versus the I don't fucking know. queen. There. <laughs> but Kevlar vest, we could go there. <laughs> All right, that's George's bet, everyone. Who well, wants to bet against him? Well, how else do you neutralize that? I don't know. You out-wrestle him. You outsmart him. Out-smart With the vest. Him. With the vest, maybe. Oh, so next we go backstage and we got Marvez. I just want to make it clear. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> okay. I just, I don't think I'm having a fucking stroke of brilliance here. Okay. I just think that could foreseeably go. Well, you know what? If you're right, 
Do you fear it right. happens or do you hope it happens? I fear it happens. <laughs> mm, I fear Cody wanting to look like the smartest guy in the fucking room and that's how he chooses to do it because he's actually a dumbass. Oh, <laughs> what? Why are you insulting him like that? I just don't like him and I want him off my TV. All right, Good we're guy. On. He's not. Go home to your kids. <laughs> okay, moving on. We have Marvez backstage with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. You're excited. You're loving it. I'm oh, I'm loving it so much. The fucking joy in my voice. You can you can sense it. He says that Sting is a mosquito that's sucking on the company. He calls him by his first name, Steve. Steve. <laughs> Hit him where it hurts. Yeah. And then Scorpio is trying to be hard. And it's very sad to me when Scorpio tries to be hard. Scorpio Sky is a fucking goofball. And he's doing a bad parody of being hard. Yeah. It's so forced and lame. I'm trying to remember what he says. He says something, something bitch. He calls him a bitch. And when he makes those little faces, like he's like, yeah, this is what a tough guy looks like. <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah. Really? I mean, Scorpio's really good in the ring. He just... Again, I feel like we've said this like 50 times. He needs a character. Yeah. Because like this hard character doesn't work. Mm -mm. I mm -mm. don't really get it. And then Ethan Page says he and Darby have a history. And then Darby attacks. Here comes Darby flying in. There's trash can battles. There's He does a coffin drop off a ladder. That was amazing. But here's something I did not like. Fucking Scorpio Sky rubs his face into his spiked Louis Vuittons. Yeah, they made sure they said the brand, too. Because, I don't know if you guys know this, but Scorpio Sky loves shoes. That's his character. That's his whole fucking character. Streetwear. What's with the people in their shoes and, like, I just don't care about it. Like, the Young Bucks always do shit with their shoes, too. Like, they have, like, $10,000 shoes or something. It's Ooh, like, I couldn't care less. Because that's what the kids like. They like the... They like the hype beast and the streetwear and the sneaker culture. <laughs> I honestly don't know what in the world they keep showing me Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky for every week. Like they're on the show every week. There's great wrestling. Like like I Hangman know. Page isn't there every week, and I have to see these assholes every week, even if it's for like two minutes. They seem to be building towards something, but I don't know what, and I don't. I'm not interested. Fucking Louboutin sneakers on a pole match. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, they throw Darby down the stairs. It seems like his elbow's fucked. He's holding his elbow. The doc comes and checks on him. That was an amazing fucking spot. And apparently yeah. Sting Daddy wasn't there to save him because last week when they attacked him, he's, like, out for the week. So, that's uh, why Sting's not there to save him. I thought he just abandoned his child. But he really <laughs> did fly down those stairs like a stuntman. That was great. I love him for that. I really appreciate the fact that Darby Allen is willing to die in the ring for my amusement. I don't want people. I love that I too. don't want people dying. He knows That's what people want. I don't want them to, but I just want them to be willing to. Well, what does that mean? It, it, it means. I mean, you don't care if they do die in the ring. I never said that. I'd care. Uh -huh. Other than Darby, I'd Allen, be sad, but I'd cherish the memories. Darby oh Allen is God. an amazing wrestler. Mm-hmm. But he actually, I don't know, like, he's really great at wrestling, but also is willing to be like, fuck it, I know I can take the bruises this week. Where I feel like sometimes when I'm watching a match, I'm like, technically sound, really good wrestling. Yeah. But I know these two unnamed people I think of are just, like, out there going through it. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm going through the week. I'm coming back next week. No bumps, no bruises. This guy's like, watch this shit. My elbow will be an S. And well, that- <laughs> what happens when he thinks he can handle the bruise and then it's more than a bruise? Well, I hope that day never comes for him. And he I hope a- so, too. I want him to have a long career, but the way he's headed, I'm worried it's not going to be a very long one. I want to, you know, that was a great spot, but more concerning to me was the spot where he went to the... um like that that pole or like the column or something and just did a coffin drop off of that. Yeah, I said there was yeah. a ladder. That that yeah, looked like I don't know. Like that could have gone so bad so quickly, even more mm. than the stairs cuz I have to yeah. believe he's thrown himself down some stairs before. Yeah. Yeah. That dude knows how to fall. He's a skateboarder. Yeah. But I mean Ethan Page was there to, to get him. He wasn't going to let him hit the concrete. That would have been a fucking <laughs> That would have been nasty. So next we get our third match of the night. We've got Britt Baker with Rebel versus the debuting Julia Hart, our squashy of the night. Yeah, I just have here Britt Baker squashes some poor teenage girl. <laughs> you know what's yeah. funny? I was when I was watching, I was like, I'm just watching someone beat up someone's daughter. Like, I that's all I thought. I was like, she, someone's daughter's out there getting her ass kicked. I think I said something like that too, because she looks so damn young. Yeah. She did. I was like, oh fuck. So yeah, she hits the air raid crash on her pins her wait she goes to pin her pulls her up because she wants to do more damage puts her in a lockjaw the whole match is like one minute we're just building to the title match yeah at double or nothing yeah. would you have been happier if they just put Britt baker on the mic for that period of time instead of having her do that shit yeah yes like that's how i, I, mean, I was like what a waste I'm not mad at it, but it would have been way funnier if she just came out on the mic and was telling everyone how great she is. Yeah, because she's really good on the mic, and she says hilarious shit, and yeah. just her attitude is amazing. And like that's a greater sell than just her beating this person's ass for a few But minutes. you know what? Double or nothing's at the end of the month, so that's probably what they're going to be doing the next couple weeks. True. That's my guess. Because, I mean, she still needs to keep her wins up, so she stays number one. But, uh... Hmm. Yeah, I forgot about the record thing and the... Her, like, likeness for the record board. Yeah. So, I mean, she'll probably be on the mic the next fucking three weeks telling everyone how shitty they are. Which I'm okay with. Me too. I'm all about that. And then we get a hilarious segment, Technique by Taz. This was the winner of the night for me. (laughs) This is so genius. Like, this is like a Sports Center-esque like breakdown of Christian Cage's technique in the ring. <laughs> or lack thereof because of his age. <laughs> yeah. His busted ass old man body. And Taz was burning him. Talking about his terrible footwork. Was, I can't what was it, the thing about the frog splash? Yeah, there was another thing where like he was like pinpointing like his actual like how he would have been more effective with the frog splash had he had better muscle technique with his legs and jumps. Like, yeah. his muscles are too shitty to, like, actually... It would have been more explosive. Yeah, it would yeah. have been much better if he wasn't such an old piece of shit. <laughs> this was hilarious. And then at the end, Taz puts over Team Taz because Cage beat Hangman last week, who was number one contender. So Team Taz is doing good. Christian Cage is a piece of shit. <laughs> And this is hilarious, and I hope they keep doing this. I'm sure they will. Yeah, I think this is, like, one of the best uses of Taz. Like, Taz is so good on the mic that, like, that, like, element makes it super hilarious, too. Like, adding, like, what looked like credible scientific, (laughs) He scientifically burned him. It was. It was so much better than just, like, nonsense. That's better than a normal burn where he's just like, you're a piece of shit. 
but when he like breaks it down and like, here's why you're a piece of shit, to and be I'm going to show you. To be fair, I really did enjoy when Taz tried to recruit Christian. And that then when Christian funny. turned him down, he was like, well, you're a shit bag and I never liked you anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Taz. Taz can do it all. Yeah, he's the best of both worlds. I might That's have made this I my might have, fair lady shit that just happened. <laughs> I might have made this point before on a previous podcast. I think I have privately with you, but it's like, you know, when some dude asks a girl out and then she shuts him down and is like, fuck you, you bitch, you're ugly anyway. I never liked you. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like that than if he like secretly filmed her and talked about why she sucks. <laughs> oh like, now here's why Ashley sucks. <laughs> here's why Ashley sucks. <laughs> That's really creepy. That's a great idea. That's a really <laughs> creepy thing you came up with. So it got the sports center music going over it, like. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> All right. So next we get our first of two clusterfucks of the night. Mm. We get our tag. What would you call this? Tag eliminator. Tag eliminator. Yeah. It's yeah. a four-way tag match between the top four tag teams. The winner gets a shot at the belts next week against the Young Bucks. We have the Varsity Blondes. We have Jurassic Express. We have SCU backstory. If they lose a tag match, they break up. So I already know going into the match who's going to win. Sad. <laughs> and then we also have the Acclaimed. Mm-hmm. And Max Caster. That's what I wanted to talk about. His fucking raps. That was, you know, I wasn't so sure when I first saw him, but he's really won me over. That was fucking brutal this week in a good way. I made a li- I made little notes about that. He burns each team individually. He says he's going to make Christopher Daniels quit the biz. <laughs> he says that the Varsity Blondes are going to end up on Dark Side of the Ring. Oof. Which, that's pretty messed up, hilarious burn. Then he makes a comment about slapping Jungle Boy like he's Jim Stossel. And then turning uh, Luchasaurus into a fossil. Great mm, burn. Mm. And then he calls the Young Bucks the Young Cucks. And I just want to say, like, I really would like to see wrestling slowly step away from the bitch thing. And just start, like... Better you, burns, like yeah, like Yeah, if you want to call someone out, like, call him a cuck. Like, that's hilarious. It's new. And I feel like it'll work, too, because it's like, oh, damn, you're you're... you're Calling my manhood into question with that. Uh, we go right to hell in a cell. Isn't that how it works? That's a good point. That's some fighting words right there. Isn't It'll be it? where, like, if, if someone calls you a cuck, it automatically triggers a lights-out match. Oh, shit. It's like, it's like Double Dare with the physical challenge. You know, I'm glad that you will never work in wrestling. Your <laughs> you ideas, don't know that. Your ideas you don't are know fucking that. terrible and they make me sad. You know what's weird? I don't really care for the acclaimed at all, actually. Really? Yeah, and I don't. I'm mean, like, when I see the rapping stuff, I'm like, all right, that was pretty entertaining. But like, other than that, I don't give a shit. Well, maybe in the future they'll win you over. You know what won me over more than mm. anything about anyone coming out to that match? Huh? Christopher Daniels' glasses. Mm. <laughs> Those tiny little things on a rubber band around his head. That was the his little goggles. <laughs> yeah. Are you glad he's not going to work in wrestling either? Come on. I would make that Only I should work in wrestling. Oh, that'd be <laughs> fucking great. It would. And you know, if you're going to bring up Christopher Daniels, I'm just going to say once again how much I love Christopher Daniels. I'm just going to put I, that out there. I fucking love SCU, honestly. I actually wanted to piggyback that thing you were talking about, too, where they say, you know. SCU is going to like kind of disband if they lose. Mm-hmm. So like then it becomes a point where it's like they're not going to lose this fucking thing. 
You yeah, know I mean? they already set week. up that they're going to have a match with the Young Bucks. The predictability is a little bit of a problem. I mean, sometimes it doesn't bother me in matches because, like, during the match, they can kind of make you think, oh, I thought this person was going to win, but maybe not. But I didn't think there was any point in this match where I thought SCU was going to lose. Here's what you yeah. do as a as a as a um, as a logical booking if you want to book your way out of that while protecting people. Next week during the match, you have old Eddie Kingston and John Moxley cost the Young Bucks the titles. I and that further that I can see that, that being a thing, but like I don't think we're going to see the Young Bucks drop anytime soon. Honestly. God damn it. Not to be a booker. I don't like being a booker. I just think that would be a great way to further that feud. Yeah. I just don't see the the elite dropping anything anytime soon, honestly. I don't think they're anywhere near done with that story. It's year two, so now they got to start <laughs> big-timing people. Mm. Uh-huh. You know what? What? <laughs> what? That's enough out of you. <laughs> you just let there be dead air. It's not my fault. Right. So during this tag match, I mean, the beginning was just a big clusterfuck brawl. I didn't really take any notes. It's in the death slot. This I mean, isn't really the kind of match I like when there's just too many people involved. And why are you putting a clusterfuck match next to a clusterfuck match? Oh, that's a good point. That is a really good point. Maybe yeah. I should work in wrestling after all. There you go. I'll be the judge of that. Big time, bud. <laughs> but yeah, that was a little bit of a clusterfuck. I mean, just watching it overall. There was that one mm. part where like, you know, I think it was, I can't remember who it was, but it was like Brian Pillman, I think. He was getting some offense and then, in. I can't remember whose ass he was beating on. But there was like basically a one-on-one for the longest time. And that's another thing, too. When I'm watching the clusterfuck, it becomes a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they just beat each other's ass in and outside of the ring. Everyone's all in on it. And then they mm-hmm. revert to the rules. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, they all go, all right. Well, I'm you know, the ref corner. finally gets control. Apparently. <laughs> but I was like, if this is a clusterfuck, when does mm-hmm. it end? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, I'm going back to MySpace. Yeah. MySpace? My, my collective corner. <laughs> I noticed that actually in the first match, too, because, like, Kenny and Nakazawa were doing whatever they wanted. But Moxley was, like, standing in his corner waiting for the tag. <laughs> I'm like, why is he following the rules? I know, he's already gotten beat with a belt before the match even started. It's like, yeah. I'm a man of principle. Sometimes I will say, like, it's kind of random when rules are enforced and when they're not. And I feel like if you want, like, a sportsy product... You should probably try to be more by the rules. And if the rules break down, when does they when do they come back? Like in the same match. Yeah. You're just along for the ride. Yeah, and I certainly was for that clusterfuck. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, we yeah. like we already said, like we, you kinda knew that where this one was headed anyway. Yeah, SCU gets the win. Brian Pillman takes the pin. I didn't mean to rhyme, but that's the end of the match. Hey, you could be acclaimed. acclaimed. <laughs> oh hell yeah, I want to. I could be a hype man. So then we get a little package about how next week the IWGP US title will be defended on fucking Dynamite. I am so goddamn excited this for this. This is a big deal, and I'm just not sure they're making a big enough deal about this. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> that was my stomach. We have Mox versus Nagata, and we have a video package. And apparently at some point, Nagata calls Moxley a little punk. So Moxley's pissed because he called him out with respect and he wanted uh, to fight him. But he says at the end of his promo, once the bell rings, I got respect for no one. Ooh, damn. That's so, classic Mox. The Mox promo was fucking a good. A pissed off Mox was like the best it gets for me. That was a great, great 
package. Honestly, like I was saying this the other day, like I feel like Kenny Omega is the best technical wrestler, but when it comes to everything else in wrestling, I feel like Moxley is number one. I feel like part of that too is because for whatever reason, I feel like Kenny has really fucking nerfed himself from a character standpoint (laughs) ever since he's shown up in AEW. His villain work in AEW or like is just like the Young Bucks where I feel like they're a kid show villain. Right. It's like such over the top villainy and the way they act or the faces they make. It feels like a kid show sometimes. They all need to grow mustaches so they can twirl them. Sometimes. You get a good look at that too later in this in this oh, guts. Yeah, I feel like that that's actually coming up next. Yeah. Next we have an announcement from Kenny. So we got Shivani doing a little interview with Kenny, and he comes out with the AEW belt around his waist, and Nakazawa's carrying his other three belts, and apparently Nakazawa doesn't care that Kenny left him for dead at the beginning of the show. <laughs> doesn't care. Doesn't well, care yeah, that's that. the, he's like, this is, I'm never going to carry these belts in real life. So. <laughs> it'll oh, never so actually is, be my This thoughts. is the only time I'll, I'll, I'll forget about you leaving me for dead. Pretty much. And, uh, Kenny turns to the crowd and says, who's excited for blood and guts? And it's so over the top. And he gets the crowd going. And he goes, that makes one of us. What a villain. And then he tells Shivani that he doesn't even want to be here. (laughs) Like, like it's great when your champion's like, I don't even want to fucking be here. I actually love that. Channeling's like Brock Lesnar. A little bit, yeah. So, Shivani tells him that next week... There will be a match for the top two contenders for the belt, Pack and Orange Cassidy, and whoever wins gets a shot at double or nothing. And Kenny says, "Oh, Pack's beat me before. It's definitely gonna be Pack. Just announce it's Pack." Orange Cassidy comes out because he doesn't like that. He's like Orange who? Yeah, he's acting like he's never even heard of Orange Cassidy. Classic dickhead move. What a dick. Love it. <laughs> so Orange comes out. And Kenny says, oh, I get it. You're the feel-good wrestler. And people want to be you because they can be you. Mm. And I was like, damn, that's a lie. burn. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good burn. And uh, he tells Orange that he is not championship material. He says Nakazawa looks like more of a champion. He did. Well, he's holding three belts, so at the time, uh, that makes yeah, sense. Currently, yeah. So, yeah, then they do a whole thing where he takes Orange's sunglasses and says that Orange Cassidy was ripping off Kenny because apparently Kenny's the first human to ever wear sunglasses. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that was that segment. Any comments? I <laughs> thought this was gr- – I really, you know, I just got done bitching about Kenny Omega's character, but I feel like this had, like, sparks of, like, the old – yeah, there are parts, but I feel like there are also parts where it feels like this is so over-the-top bad guy. Yeah. Where it sometimes feels like, like, you said that one week where it's like an 80s wrestling villain. Oh my god, yeah. Like a Ric Flair-esque and villain. To touch on the, the cartoony style of your villainry that you get from Kenny Omega, it's like, mm-hmm. th- he says all that shit to Orange and Orange Cassidy, and then at the end he's like, see you in the funnies. That's like his, <laughs> yeah. that's like his like, goodbye to him, is like... What a bad dude. He's like, see, see you in the, the funnies. I actually loved that. I was like, what a lame piece of shit. I love that. I'll take some more of that, please. I mean, it makes him a bad guy when he says shit like that, it for does. real. You're like, for one, who the fuck says that? I, I thought he was going to, like, toss him a quarter at the end and be like, go buy yourself a clue, kid. <laughs> kind of. It's it really like is that like vibe. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe you should be writer. 
So yeah, yeah. So no, he, he gets it. You're off the podcast. He's on. He gets it. So after that, we have another interview, and this time Shivani's interviewing Miro, who has a contract out there with them. Next week, he has a shot at the TNT belt, and it doesn't matter if Darby is hurt. If he's messed up, he's got to fight anyway, or he forfeits. And do you guys remember that great line he said at the end? Man who's not afraid to die meets the man who's not afraid to kill him. That was a good-ass line. I feel like they did a really good start of starting to kind of, like, rehabilitate Miro's image here. There was nothing goofy. There was nothing stupid. There was no fucking mention of Twitch. It was just... Mm-mm. A good, strong. I'm gonna fucking kill a man next week. I wonder if Miro came up with that line because that was that's like some Walter White shit right there. That was a really good line. That was good. I mean, after last week when he or was it last week or two weeks ago when he was like cupping Kip's head and he was like, "I forgive you," and like gives him a little peck on the head. It's like yeah. he was fucking losing it there. I'm <laughs> glad like they were like, "This guy's a monster." He's an that's abusive how boyfriend. He needs to be booked. Yeah. He needs to be a monster. He's seriously awesome, like in big like that. So you gotta keep him. In that, I'm going to be killing folks now. Yes. And we were talking about this last week where um, AEW is really good at, like, you're not on board for something. And then, like, one good promo can really turn you around on a person. Because, like, I did not care at all about Miro. And now, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, let's see where this is going. It's like they're really signaling to the audience. Like, okay, all that goofy shit is done. Yeah. I also think it's good... Who he's, you know, going with next week against Darby Allen? Like mm-hmm. I feel like that's gonna make me give a shit more than him going down whatever road he was going before. I think they were. It was I can't nothing. remember who they were. He, he was. It was just like him and Kip's relationship and against the best friends because yeah, the best friends. So they put Trent through an arcade machine. So Trent is a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, so now we got Orange Cassidy moving on to possibly, you know. Everybody's moving on, and I'm glad. And now we got Miro doing something better, too, so. Yeah. Thank goodness. I'm going to make time. a prediction. I'm not booking. I'm you making think Miro's going to win? I think Darby drops the belt next week. I almost feel like he has to. I feel like I really liked him be, being, I really liked him as champ, and I like him as champ. Um, but I feel like this really would be a good time. For Miro. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be mad either way, I don't think. But yeah, not to be a booker, but that's just my Honestly, prediction. I'd be kind of happy if Darby drops it. Because then, you know, like you're not going to see Sting out there playing fucking Grand Torino. <laughs> warding everyone off with yeah. his bat two weeks, three weeks in a row. Have I... you ever seen uh, Clint Eastwood and Sting in the same room at the same time? You're on something, bud. Oh, shit. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for that to come to an end too like what's going on with sting and lance archer and yeah, fucking yeah it's time Ethan for the and scorpio it's time and for the Jake lance the snake the lance archer custody fight <laughs> i'm yeah. ready i'm ready for that i didn't want to see another week of lance archer coming out beating someone's ass and be like do you love me now daddy like to another <laughs> That's literally old man. what he was doing like he, what what the hell happens to jake the snake back there fuck jake the he snake he was like come on brother <laughs> Maybe we'll have a thing where like they have to like like Jake and uh, and Sting have to, have to fight for the boy. Yeah, they have, oh or God. like maybe they have to like split custody. They Lance have to Archer meet on a pole mat. They have to meet at like a neutral location every week to like hand off the boy. One week he's with oh Jake. One week he's with. It's the Lance Sting. Archer custody battle. 
Or it could just be a my two dads situation and they can just learn to take Live care of them together. <laughs> I thought I thought you said you don't like it when your television shows try to teach you a fucking life lesson. I really don't oh, no, like that. I don't know, but I like that. We'll I like... see. It might be funny, though. It might be worth it. So they have announcements for what's coming up next week. And I have to say next week's show feels like a pay-per-view. It's I'm packed. pretty excited about it. We have Miro versus Darby. We have Orange Cassie versus Pack. We have the Young Bucks versus SCU for the belts. We have a Jade Cargill interview. Great. <laughs> we have a Cody announcement. Fuck. But then we have Mox versus Nagata for the IWGP US Championship. Do you think that main events, or do you think Darby main events? I think Darby main events. Just because of the TV time thing for the TNT belt? Uh, they've been doing that, so I feel like they're going to keep doing that. I, I, I agree. That'll probably happen. I wish the U.S. title was main eventing. It honestly should be, but... Well, it's that big of a deal. Is this... I mean, isn't this going to be better than Blood and Guts? Yes, it might. probably. Again, like, that's how I Probably. Like. So, it's time we get to our main event of Blood and Guts, which is Blood and Guts. And I didn't <laughs> know if you guys wanted to hear the little backstory of the very first blood and guts when it was called war games this happened in 1987 mm. the nwa great american bash tour july 4th we had the road warriors nikita koloff dusty Rhodes, and paul ellering and they beat rick flair arn tolly jj dillon and lex luger does God anybody damn. care no. <laughs> well, they kept bringing it up during the match. <laughs> they did. They kept bringing it up, so I thought maybe I should say something. Do you want to tell the people the rules of the Blood and Guts match? Rules of the Blood and Guts match. Let me see if I can even fucking remember them all. Basically, it's two connected Hell in a Cells. Yes. We got two connected Hell in a Cells. We start out with two guys. They fight for five minutes, then the next person comes in. So you have like a two-on-one advantage against one team. And the pinnacle starts with that because Sammy got hot on the mic and gave yeah. it away. So every two minutes someone comes in. The actual match doesn't start until everyone's in. And you can't pin people. They have to either surrender or submit. And isn't that the same fucking thing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess unless you got your, yeah, unless you were getting your ass beat so bad. You weren't in like a, in a hold of some sort, but if somebody was beating your ass Just so bad, you're like, you. please, for the love of God, stop now. That could happen. Uh, that would have been yeah, the, the been funniest funny. thing ever. <laughs> it would look like the end of the movie Death Proof, where they're just like beating the shit out of one guy, and then it's just... I don't know how the network would have felt about that. So, we have the Pinnacle come out with Tolly, and they're all in white, which is genius for a Blood and Guts match to be wearing white, because that's going to look graphic. When I, everyone's bleeding. Spoiler alert, I, I saw the um, the photo put up by FTR after this match. Mm. Their gear looked, they put up their gear, is mm -hmm. what they put the photo up of. It looked like hospital rags. Yeah. So white was a genius choice. What do you think of uh, Tully's Miami Vice suit? Didn't you think he matched. It, didn't you think the white kind of made it look like they were the good guys? Because yeah. the opposite group came out in, like, the dark uh, penitentiary jumper thing. Yeah. So. That was inspired. I actually love that. But I could see Pinnacle coming out in white thinking they are the good guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. They, they think they're the good guys. So, yeah, Inner Circle comes out. They're wearing prison jumpsuits, and on the back they have their local prison. 
Support yeah. your local prison. <laughs> oh, that was, that was pretty interesting. You had a couple of Rikers in there and some Harris Counties. Yeah. And then um, Santana and Ortiz had the dead president's face paint. Yes. They looked so fucking cool. Santina and Ortiz, they deserve more, I think, in the company. How have they not been tagged? I honestly love them the most out of anyone in the Blood and Guts match. Yeah, Santana and Ortiz are definitely cool. Oh, but Sammy, too. I really like Sammy. I feel like this match really helped make Sammy a star. Yeah, well, if Sammy pulled a fucking fork out, I would agree, but. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So, when Jericho, when the Inner Circle comes out, they're playing the fucking Fozzy music. They pan the crowd. These fucking mutants in the crowd with no mask, full crowd, no masks. And Jericho is just looking on on his people, and you could just tell he had a fucking boner looking at all those unmasked, COVID-carrying mutants. He was getting harder by the fact that they didn't have masks on than the fact that they were chanting his song. I think so. He loved to see it. And uh, Get your shit together, Tony Khan. I mean, come on. If you're going to have people come back to your arena... For these shows. Tony knows he can't control these people. And you're going to have double or nothing at full fucking capacity. Get control of the fucking chuds. Make them wear their masks. Enforce a strict kick the fuck out policy. The thing is, nobody cares anymore. Oh, right. It's over. The weather's high. (laughs) Honestly, I don't even care anymore. I think it's funny. You know what? If people want to infect each other fucking have at it. Get vaxxed, everyone. You want to fucking kill your parents and your grandparents? Have fun. I don't give a shit. So, we get into the match. It starts out with Sammy and Dax. And they pick Dax to go first because apparently he has the best gas tank. Didn't know that. Um, At one point, he tries to pin Sammy. And I'm like, what a ding-dong. Does he not understand what match he's in? Force of habit. Muscle memory. <laughs> and then, for a long time, they're fighting on the ropes. And Dax falls and twists his knee. Sammy throws him into the cage... He's already bleeding. A lot. And I made a note here. Did someone tell him this was Passion of the Christ? (laughs) Because he is caked in blood within minutes. I don't even know. Why is he going so hard already? The match just started. Hey, here's an idea. Hmm. And and we've talked about uh, sitting down and doing like a riff tracks thing with Passion of the Christ, having like a fart track. (laughs) We should do a blood and guts fart track re-record. Oh my god, thanks for your input. Well, you do see Harwood's ass as well. See? <laughs> see, so it would make sense. You know what I You know what I, I did not like about the very beginning of the uh, Blood and Guts? What? It's nothing to do with asses. There's a part <laughs> like where the commentary is just like talking about how fucking a chain-link fence. We've all felt a chain-link fence at one point in our lives. That's yeah. basically Not me, I was an indoor made. kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, other than this asshole over here. <laughs> no. no, the fucking, they're like, this fence will tear you to shreds. You know, like, everyone's just Like, it's barbed wire. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, no, it's a chain link fence. So it's like, I know you're hard selling. you're watching lead. wrestling, I get all right? It. So they need to stop overselling it. Like, let me be a little mm. bit surprised by it. I'm like, shit, how hard was he pushing his face? Like, you have to suspend over... disbelief that he was pushing it really fucking hard. I'm trying to push this product into I've... a new realm. <laughs> they need to oversell the cage because when someone hits it and comes up bleeding, Bleeding, like they're gonna die people are like why is this man bleeding and they can't go oh because he fucking cut himself on the head with a razor here's what you do you go no this cage is very very yeah, sharp too next hard. time you make the cage out of barbed wire not razor wire but barbed wire you really could and you could gimmick it to where you know you could climb it yeah mm-hmm. 
Oh, boy. So we got chairs in there. Sammy takes a fucking chair shot to the head. And I just want to say, I watched the post show, and someone commented to Tony Schiavone, Oh, are you guys bringing back unprotected headshots? Because I'll be a fan for life. <laughs> like, really think about what this fucking person said. I'd be a fan for life because you're bringing back headshots. And Tony made some comment about, like, oh, you love CTE, do you? Good for Tony. <laughs> like, that's so fucking stupid. Sean Spears, who you know I'm not a fan of, just came out of the fucking gate, though, with that chair. Like, he was just, like, ready to kill someone with it. Um, and, and I have to ask, like, are those, were those chairs kind of gimmicked? What do you mean? Like, were they, you know, like, the, the pad on it was clearly, like, some kind of pad? Was that, like, padded to where it wasn't, like, an actual metal seat i don't know maybe I didn't not notice that at all well do you do you remember the part where wardlow takes a headshot he does yeah like he takes and it he seems and sounds like one of the traditional chairs you're used to oh shit yeah well but i well, didn't see like that i didn't know if it was a paint job or a pad on the seat well wardlow sure. just has that uh that cleveland grit so he can take it mm. so after sean comes in next is ortiz he comes in and he's hitting people with a chair and then Sammy and Sean Spears do something fucking amazing. They're fighting on the ropes. They're balancing on the ropes. Sammy does a Spanish fly off the ropes. They're I could even properly describe this. You just have to see it. They're both on the ropes. Like the balance involved to do a Spanish fly off the ropes. So I put down here MVPs. And get on board with that. Sammy and Sean Spears are the MVPs of the show for me here. And no. then, but then a few minutes later, Sammy tries to do something off the ropes, and he trips and falls. <laughs> and then I notice he's bleeding. I don't know if it's from that. Did you see the nasty gash that he had after the match on Instagram? Yeah, it was disgusting. Like, and that boy bruising. was cut. Like, Sammy wasn't playing around. Which, again, I appreciate that. Just be willing to die in the ring. No. <laughs> Fuck. Don't yeah. die in the ring. Be willing to. No. Next we have Cashin, and then after that, Santana. At one point, fucking Ortiz is barb-wiring FTR. So now Cash is bleeding, but FTR is just fucking bleeding to death, both of them. How would you yeah, Cash even... Cash like Crimson Body. <laughs> crimson Body, for sure. Here's what I don't understand. How would you even be able to, like walk around and maintain your balance and not get yeah, dizzy and pass yeah, out with all that out. blood. Like, I get they're in phenomenal shape, but it's still your fucking blood. They lost a lot of blood. How do you lose that much I blood? I would throw up and pass out. Yeah, like, how do you not, like, get dizzy and fall down and, you know, fucking like black out? lost a lot of blood. It looked like he, I mean, he might as well have just bladed himself from his hairline to his belly button because <laughs> he was, like... Covered in blood. I FTR like... just doesn't fuck around. They're like, if we're gonna do it, we're gonna go over the top and scare people. Like, seeing this kind of stuff in this match, I really thought that for, you know, for this one single match, they should have had the referees on the outside like they did, but they should have had, like, the doctor in the ring. Yeah, I agree. Um, it would have been cool if there was one doctor in there. And it would have been a great visual, too. Like, oh my god, this is such a crazy match. We have to have the doctor where the ref would usually be. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that would have been a good idea. So next we get Wardlow in. He's attacked by all three of the inner circle members in there. And he manhandles them all. He looks like a beast. The next Hager comes in. Fucking JR's wet dream. Two <laughs> fucking beefy hosses. Juicy B. 
beefy. Just stare at each other down. Dying to stomp a couple mud holes. <laughs> oh my god. Hager comes in. I wrote he clears house. Oh. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, at one point, Hager and Wardlow are punching each other at the same time. I don't know if anyone got this. It's a hoss-off, ladies and gentlemen. It was a hoss-off. They knocked each other off their own feet in that one punch. I don't know if you remember, like, the first time they connect with punches, they do, like, the old, like, Yeah. <laughs> got each other. See, yeah. I could have had that sound effect ready. Give me some fucking <laughs> heads up next time. So then after that, MJF is in. There are loud asshole chants. He dick punches Hager, so Hager, who was clearing house, is now fucking set down and then after that jericho comes in and the bell rings because now the match has actually started mm. each team gathers on each side of the ring some gangs in new york shit happen here they did and then they charge each other i'm just gonna keep going, keep going. um jericho at one point has a his bat he's hitting people with his bat he's hitting people with a chair and then for some reason FTR and Sean Spears taking it upon themselves to take apart the left ring. Yeah, what was that about? Did that go anywhere? Was there any payoff to that? There was. FTR was exposing the wood under the canvas. Sean Spears is literally taking the turnbuckle off and the rope. Yeah, like the whole metal rod. Maybe that yeah. Sean Spears like is just a, a good guy. Mm -hmm. He was trying to help the ring crew out and get an early start. I don't know how you guys watched it, but it went to commercial. When I was watching it, and yeah. I came back to a fucking pine ring. I was like, it what the It did, yeah. So like, I was like, wait a goddamn minute. Like, why is this all wood? We, that's what we watched, too. And then today I watched, like, a version that didn't have the commercials. Oh. So I, I saw a couple things I didn't so see. FTR is the one who exposed the ring. But then they're the ones who fall victim to it the <laughs> they, most. They that, right? do. Okay. They do. But I just say before ironic. that, Ortiz <laughs> fucking comes in with the fucking mad ball. Which I guess is what it's called when you put something in a sock and you're whipping people with it. <laughs> mad ball. And I just gotta say, thank you for Ortiz. God, I love Ortiz so much. You really love that sock whip, don't you? <laughs> I do. So yeah, FTR gets fucking double pile drivered by Santana Ortiz on the wood they exposed. Right on their bloody ass fucking tick heads. <laughs> they, hadn't been through tick enough. Heads. they hadn't been through enough. So that after that Do all bald men just look like ticks to you? When they're all red, yeah. <laughs> so oh, and then we get another great spot by Sammy. Uh Sean Spears gets caught up on the turnbuckle by Ortiz. Ortiz puts a chair in front of his face Sammy does a coast to coast. Oh, yeah, that's yes. awesome. Oh my god. I actually think that was the most exciting moment of the match. I feel like for that's me all the exciting moment. parts were Sammy. That was amazing. Sammy was was killing it. Sammy was the standout of this match easily. I think so. He and really of the night. He he went out there that night and said I'm going to destroy myself. 3 for 3 on that when we all agreed there. Sammy was Sammy. the Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's your sound effect. Oh. There it is. Oh, there we go. Brief uh brief tape delay. <laughs> so then I put that uh that's when Jericho hits MJF with literally the metal that holds the turnbuckle. And then what does Santana pop up with? Out of fucking nowhere? A fucking fork. MJF gets forked. Which is the funniest fucking weapon you could pull out randomly at that time. <laughs> Oh my god, it was great. They're a delight. So at this point, Inner Circle standing tall. And this is where I develop a problem with this match. Because it slows the fuck down? 
all the inner circles standing tall, all the pinnacle are on the ground, and there's a wall. Why aren't they trying to win? Where's all the submission moves? Where's the continued beating still lead to a surrender? Honestly, they're not trying to win. They're just standing there, and then Pinnacle's all laying on the ground. You got TV Nobody, time to fill. This is a match you're trying to win. Nobody is trying to win. And I feel like this, for me, is where the match completely broke down. You're exposing the business, brother. I mean, why weren't they trying to win? Someone explain it to me. They're Maybe just, it was more they, about beating than... Well, then they should not care well, that's another thing for me too. Like, there's a part like where the match gets a little clusterfuckery. Mm. Like, other than seeing some really cool highlight moments, like the coast to coast chair kick to the face thing, mm. the fork, all that funny, awesome shit you get to see. Mm-hmm. Like, there was nothing that kind of tie it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, oh god, there's a fucking fork, and there's that, and there's some blood, and it's like I yeah. kind of needed a little bit more of like sort of like a story More sto- to yeah on to. there wasn't much story I mean, they tried to kick it back up after this lull period but yeah i feel like this is where it breaks down because they had like all the good spots planned out but after like the lull it's just like you're waiting for the end segment yeah. it felt like they had like they had so much material but then they ran out of material quicker than they thought they were going to yeah, I get so that this is stalling. And I don't know if it, it's this isn't as this is harsh, but uh-oh, it's not, not on this podcast. Have you ever watched like if you've ever watched group improv? Oh damn! You know what I mean? Like where it's like okay, like all these guys used all their funny quips and lines, and now they're mm-hmm. all just looking around at each other. That's kind of what this felt like to me. Where it's like the improv grew that. stale, and now we're like, where the fuck did we go? And the after, story fell apart. And yeah. after the uh, yes and then is answered with a fork to the fucking head, <laughs> that's yeah, it. You don't have anywhere else to go. There really isn't anywhere to go after that. So, yeah, I feel like that's where this really fell apart. Um, so, Pinnacle is all laying pretty much dead. But Wardlow gets back up, and he's trying to, like, even shit out. This is when Tolly attacks the ref, Remsburg, and takes the key, because only the two refs had keys. He unlocks the door so MJF can climb out, and he climbs to the top, and Jericho follows. But here's what's really funny. When you see the version of the show without the commercial break, because when it comes back from commercial, Jericho's, like, near the top. Yeah. During the commercial break, he gets on the scaffolding, and he just has to kind of stay there. Because it's on commercial. God damn it. And he wants, to, like, the good shot of him, like, nearing the top when it comes back from commercial. So he's just holding on to the scaffolding and just smiling at the crowd. And it was really <laughs> fucking weird. Let your, yeah, let your opponent, you know, rest up and recover so that you can, you know, give but the I smile mean, to the camera. I get it. They're making TV, you know. You want the good visual when it comes back from well, commercial. Well, plan it better. No. Damn, you're being harsh. That's the thing, too, is, like, MJF climbs his ass up the ring. Like, you know it's going to end up being MJF and Jericho on the top. It's like they're looking for their moment. Yeah, you this is I mean? why I feel like when they planned this match, I feel like they knew how they wanted it to start, and they knew how they wanted it to end. The script's got some second-act problems, bud. And then, like, some people knew, like, some funny bits they wanted to do, but pretty much it was beginning, end, but no middle storytelling. No, nothing to... To link the beginning to the end. Say my sandwich has all bun, no meat. Sure. <laughs> 100%. So Jericho gets up on top. He puts uh, MJF in the walls of Jericho. He counters it with a low blow and puts Jericho in the salt of the earth. So it's just a submission off. 
Um, in that thing where where, where where Jericho is the victim of the submission, mm-hmm. there is a point where he is holding a blade or some sort of cutting method. He? He's holding it like a fucking guitar pick. He's like acting like he's going to tap with his like hand. Are I'm you like, serious? Yeah. Like, so I missed this entirely. I missed that too. It was so blatant because before he even gets put into the submission, mm-hmm. I can see him fishing for something. And then oh while he's my. faking his little, oh, I'm going to tap, he's holding this little thing. And I'm watching, I'm like, this is so poorly, like, directed. That I'm watching, like, him basically saying, like, I'm not going to tap because I got still got some fucking bleeding to do, bud. And I was I like, where does this notice. go? I've seen that also happen with Harwood in the match earlier. I watched Harwood dig through a fucking, like, Well, it's funny, when thing. they came out with, like, the wrappings all around their hands and wrists, I'm like, oh, we got to hide some stuff in there. there were a few... Which is fine. Yeah, there were... I, I expect that. That is fine. But don't I mean, show it. Yeah. Like, like, cut around it. Better. I didn't yeah. notice it, though. I'm like, I guess I'm just one of those fucking marks that fucking I just mark. I just want to suspend disbelief so I don't look for it to a degree but now I am too it, I remember when he was like moving his hand he was like he was holding like a fucking he, guitar pick now that you say it but now I need to go back and look because I didn't notice anything in his hand but he was like his hand was like weird yeah the whole entire time I was watching it wasn't like, flat right, when's he gonna do it oh my god now I gotta look at you fucking observant peeping so, MJF pulls out the diamond ring, hits him with a punch, and threatens to throw Jericho off to his death. And tells his, the rest of his team, you better surrender or I'm going to throw him off. So, Sammy goes out there, says, no, don't do it. We surrender. Don't you hurt my dad. Don't you hurt my dad. <laughs> Hated that. This is a it, daddy show. Like, honestly, AEW, Dynamite. Somebody's got daddy issues. It's a daddy show. <laughs> For real. And what does MJF do after the match is over? After they've already won? He throws Jericho off onto the stage below. And they are two for two for dud special effect endings. I'm going to partially disagree with you. Because again, I feel like the same with the explosion. Am I going to say the visual was good? Am I going to say it wasn't lame? No. But again, this is wrestling... You have to suspend disbelief. We can't actually put a man through fucking metal staging. Yeah, so they made that look like the diamond plate. Here's, yeah. Actually, you could have hit in the crash pad better, too. I mean, could it have been better? Yes. But, like, the fact that people were so bothered by this, again, just annoys me. You're watching professional wrestling. We're not actually going to kill human beings. Actually, I feel like MJF, actually, he goes a little too far. I don't know if you noticed, but there's like a, there's a part where like that crash pad doesn't exist anymore. It's like on the upper back toward neck so area. So did he hurt himself a little bit? I was wondering. I was like, there's like an actual, like, well, this is where it stops kind of. I moment. wondered if he was supposed to go through the actual part that says AEW. Yeah. Because he landed that past that. You know what? Like, honestly... Of all people, Shayna Baszler made a really good comment on social media about this. Oh, what'd she say? She said, you know, in games of Game of Thrones, you know, we don't actually want to see a village be burned down by dragons and people die. Mm-hmm. But if the special effects suck, we're going to bitch about it. I feel like that's a fair, I, a, a you fair know, statement. That's you know? why I'm saying, like, if someone tells me that looks lame, I'm not going to be like, you're wrong, but... I feel like you also have to give them credit because, like, you can only 
fuck people up so much. It's not, yeah, but I mean, you know, this is a... Plus, he's fucking 50 years old. He's been wrestling for fucking 30 years. You know, give the man a cardboard and crash pad. (laughs) But you're telling me they couldn't have found a way, you know, with all the money that this company has to to fix that so it looks different? How? Give me me a solution. Honestly, real quick, I just, I I have a little bit, I, I, I didn't think it was that bad. I really didn't see it and go like... That cushy bullshit. What did they just throw him into? I mean, I expect I there to be the, a crash pad. I could tell the diamond plate was fake. Mm-hmm. And I can tell that the, there was some padding there. But I, I didn't think, like, that's a mistake, mate. Like, you know, I was like that. I didn't think so either. You know what they could have done? They could have rigged something where it was, like, close to, like, some electro, electrical equipment or something. And just had, like, sparks. sparks and smoke. A lot of sparks and a lot of smoke. That might I mean, have ended up like that fun. one match that yeah. where like it wasn't enough. <laughs> well, double or, check it this time. Have a have a fail safe. Or Tony. Jericho just catches on fire. Yeah, oh, that would have been great. No. <laughs> Could have Damn happened it. to a nicer chud. No. <laughs> to get back more to the con text. To the actual stuff, story. Like, yeah, like yeah. I hated the surrender by threat. Like, I thought that was terrible. I thought the timing of Chris Jericho's throwing off the ring was terrible. Mm. Like, MJF's a piece of shit. He yeah. should have just whipped his ass off the ring at first. And was, they knew what they were doing. Instead, you got Jericho on his knees looking doubly weak, going like, I'm going to wait here on my knees for a full two fucking minutes while you negotiate with Sammy. Yeah, it was a long pause. And then, like, and then you, you're going to throw me off anyway, so let's just do it now, surprise the crowd. And then maybe if you have Sammy come out after that and be like, Listen, gang, we gotta surrender. Our leader just got totally fucked. Like, yeah. But what if they didn't surrender? What if they went after MJF? Maybe it was just self protection. Maybe, but then again, like you have that element of like, well, hey, it's unfair now. It's five against four. Jericho's out. I like, don't. That, I feel like if they surrender after that, that would have made them look really weak, though. I, it would make them look loyal to at least Sammy on a certain extent. Mm. I feel like, like it, I don't know. I just like I would have rather had that than the surrender by threat i disagree and here's why and i feel like it actually is good like week to week character work for sammy because sammy gets emotional and sammy makes you know emotional decisions in the heat of the moment so just like he gave away the you know he he gave away for free without even having the toss he gave away the advantage during their little war conference and so now here he sees his daddy get you know threatened with certain doom and mm. rather than think it through, point too, though. rather than think it through, he he's like, no, don't hurt my dad. That's why I feel like that that same argument also kind of helps my point because when dad quote unquote goes through the thing, he's like, everyone stop, daddy's hurt. Yeah, I can see that. I, if they did that, I think it totally would have made sense. Like I feel like that argument that you're making also makes sense for him being like, everyone cut this out. Like that's that same emotional element to be like, this shit's over. It's gone too far. I definitely see what you're saying, and I feel like that could have worked, but I think the way they did it was better because I think Sammy protecting Jericho just proves that they're more like a family than the Pinnacle who says they're family. But also, um, I feel like this makes MJF an even bigger asshole. Cause yes. The, 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 um, the whole point of wrestling villains is to be, like, fucking hated. So, like, if he had pull, pushed him off the top it would have been well that's what he needed to do to win the match but i feel like the fact that the match was already over and then he does it yeah he got what he wanted then he it just gives him like a plus 10 
additional okay. asshole. I see. So I see, definitely see what you're saying, and I think if they did it that way, it would have made sense. I guess I'm just being semi-selfish in the fact that I would have rather have been zero mm. warning. You know what I mean? As a like spectator, as a viewer, you wanted the surprise. Exactly. I would have been like, oh, shit. Mm. Instead, I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. He's going to go off. There's no way he's just chilling there on the ring for two minutes. To yeah, you definitely, off. that was my problem with it. You definitely knew MJF was going to do it. I think it'd been funnier if MJF kind of walked away like he wasn't going to and then, like, fucking flew back and, like, just kicked give him, him a off. Kick, yeah, like a fucking donkey <laughs> kick to hell. <laughs> that would have been great. So... Yeah, Jericho is laying there, and he's messed up. The docs are checking on him. Dean Malenko's out there checking on him. And fucking MJF says to him, thank you. And then he stands at the top of the cage, covered in blood and victorious. Thank you, Chris. The biggest asshole in wrestling. Which he said he was going to do. He really yeah. secured himself as that. So, I mean... 100%. I'm not mad at the match. I know people are mad about it. I'm not mad about I, it. I enjoyed it. And, you know, honestly, the I mean, the crash pad stuff, okay. But the crash pad stuff didn't bother me nearly as much as the ending to the barbed wire match. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, a, that was an atrocious misfire. This was just kind of, oh, okay, that's a crash pad, you know. Mm. So I really enjoyed this match. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the show overall? It was okay. I thought there were a lot. It was very segment heavy, which I was okay with. I feel like it was just the whole show is just getting ready for the end match, which I think makes sense because that's the title of the show. It's right. it's the whole point. So I like get it. It was okay, but know. I am more excited for next week. <laughs> next week's gonna be a banger. Yeah. So studs and duds of the night. Stud of the night. Sammy Guevara. Sammy. Same. Sammy's my stud of the night. Who's your dud of the night? Actually, I'm going to double it up with Taz's little segment. That was damn star material for me. It was, it was so a good Sammy segment. So Sammy was clearly the best, though, in the night. Dud of the night. Who's the dud? Uh, I'm going to say fucking Cody. I actually... No, we, we, we he can't compete. No, you're not allowed to pick Cody. I can mm. pick Cody. You just If you had a choice, you'd pick him every single week. <laughs> right. So you're not allowed to pick Cody. I'm going to go with QT Marshall. Like I'm just. I mean, he sick. did lose the match. And, and also, I just don't buy him in this. I'm with you on uh, QT because, like, uh, I mean, Cody's close, but like, QT, and then also the Arn Anderson thing really put me off. With Cody, QT. Cody at least looks like a fucking wrestler, you know. Like, QT is just like. What I never see about the match though is I feel like QT got like eighty percent of the offense. Well, that was a mistake. And they got and manhandled then... by an old dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. that just like he's the dud because he got his ear grinded by Arn. I think Cody's the dud because I feel like he took most of the beating, just one randomly with a figure four, and then got laid out by a go go's punch. Oh god. I and about that. Why is he bleeding? Why are you bleeding, Cody? You saw the Bendy sixty nine <laughs> marathon that happened. You know why. <laughs> Something happened and I don't wanna know what. I don't I'm not sure I wanna know. So that's my dud of the night. Wait, did you you pick QT and you yeah. pick QT? I mean QT Cody. That match just didn't need to happen, honestly. I don't know where this is going, but I don't like it. Hopefully, off my fucking television set. Oh my goodness! Also, Scorpio Sky. 
Scorpio. Yeah, he's just in every week. Scorpio, what are you doing, bud? I I almost gave it to Scorpio, but, you know, he was only on my television for so long. (laughs) And then Darby came in with that awesome spot, so it kind of saved Oh, God, and then also Scorpio did the thing where he was like, riddle me this, riddle me that. All right, I'm going to revise my fucking thing. (laughs) Who's afraid (laughs) of the big black bat? That's so fucking cringeworthy. Yeah, it was. Everything about him is cringeworthy now. I don't understand what he's trying to do. But, uh, yeah, that was the show. We should be back Monday with another Wrestle Rant. We should be. We're gonna do it even better than before. Even better than before? Yeah. We're gonna redouble our efforts? I'm gonna try just <laughs> slightly harder. Alright, well, I don't know if I support that, but... Well, we'll see what happens. Alright, that was the show. I'm Melissa. I'm George. Tyler. Guest Tyler. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tyler. Say goodbye. Bye.